0: did that and stayed within the rules yeah that was good the cup of coffee thing yeah, to help you sir that was good <laughs> <laughs> All right. that was good alright hey listen we got it's 9 o'clock 9 o'clock at the AM. Um, we're gonna come right back after the NPR break um, thank you for joining us here on the Sunday Forum um, and we will be right back appreciate you
1: Okay. Gabi has Tampa.
2: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. There are just two days left before the the first-in-the-nation primary in New Hampshire. And the two top contenders, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, are ramping up the rhetoric. Steve Futterman reports.
1: In the final days before Tuesday's primary, Nikki Haley is questioning former President Trump's mental fitness.
2: When you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this.
1: Her comments came a day after Trump seemed to confuse Haley with Nancy Pelosi and actions on January 6th. Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people.
2: I wasn't even in D.C. on January
1: 6th. Trump and Haley will be campaigning today, trying to convince undecided voters. The most recent polls show Trump with a double-digit lead over Haley, with Ron DeSantis a distant third. For NPR News, I'm Steve Futterman in Manchester, New Hampshire.
2: The Biden campaign is launching a nationwide political push focused on the 51st anniversary of the 1973 court ruling that codified abortion rights and later overturned. The president and vice president will appear together Tuesday in Virginia at an event focused on reproductive rights. Today is forecast to be the last day of a far-reaching deadly deep freeze that struck the U.S. earlier this month. NPR's Amy Held has details. A huge
3: dome of Arctic air pressure is still dominating the eastern two-thirds of the U.S., with wind chill or hard freeze warnings stretching from the Midwest as far south as Texas into Florida Sunday morning.
2: The finale for record-breaking and fatal cold plus
3: snow blamed for dozens of deaths across multiple states. But a change in winds starting Monday will bring warmer air from the south to the eastern half of the country.
4: By the time we get into late work week into the weekend, we're looking at temperatures that could be as high as the upper 60s, lower 70s all the way up and down the mid-Atlantic and the southeastern seaboard.
3: Frank Pereira, meteorologist with the National Weather Service, says by then temperatures could be 20 degrees higher than average or more in parts. Amy Held, NPR
1: News.
2: Hundreds of thousands are protesting in cities across Germany this weekend against right-wing extremism after details of a plan concocted by a far-right political party to deport millions of migrants were revealed. NPR's Rob Schmitz has details. Protests have
5: been taking place in cities such as Hamburg, Frankfurt, Hanover, Dortmund, and Berlin, attracting hundreds of thousands. Their protests were spurred by a report from a German news outlet that detailed how members of the right-wing Alternative for Deutschland party, or AFD, met with German extremists in November to hatch a plan to deport immigrants and minorities, including those who are naturalized German citizens.
2: This is NPR News in Washington. FEDERAL SCIENTISTS SAY THEY HAVE MAPPED THE WORLD'S LARGEST KNOWN DEEP-SEA CORAL REEF. IT'S LARGER THAN THE STATE OF VERMONT. NPR'S NATHAN ROTT REPORTS.
4: SCIENTISTS AROUND THE WORLD ARE TRYING TO BETTER UNDERSTAND THE WORLD'S SEAFLOORS, MOST OF WHICH ARE STILL UNMAPPED. THE NEW RESEARCH LED BY SCIENTISTS FROM THE NATIONAL OCEANIC AND ATMOSPHERIC ADMINISTRATION USE SONAR AND OTHER imagery FROM SUBMERSIBLES TO MAP AN AREA OFF THE ATLANTIC COAST. They found a deep-sea coral reef stretching from South Carolina to Florida. Deep-sea coral reefs, like their more picturesque shallow versions, provide critical habitat for fish, sharks, octopus, and heaps of other species. But scientists warn that both types of reefs are being threatened by climate change, overfishing, and other human activities. Nathan Rott, NPR News.
2: NASA has resumed contact with the beloved Mars helicopter Ingenuity. Contact had been spotty in recent days. Trouble for the little rotorcraft would cut short its new phase of flight exploration. The Perseverance rover, which relays data between the helicopter and Earth during the flights, showed that Ingenuity climbed to its assigned maximum altitude of 40 feet. Indonesia's Mount Merapi has erupted on the densely populated island of Java. Merapi's clouds of hot ash hovered over the island, blanketing several villages. A mixture of rock and lava traveled more than one mile down its slopes. Other volcanoes also flared up across Indonesia this weekend, forcing the evacuation of thousands. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News, Washington.
6: Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Joyce Foundation, committed to advancing racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Learn more at joycefdn.org and the Annie E. Casey Foundation.
0: Gentlemen, this is the one and only DJ Spaceship, reminding you that every Monday morning, that's right, every Monday morning on WMNF from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Tune in as me and my co-pilot Nate Dogg give you the music you love, the topics to get you talking, and the motivation to get you out your bed to start your week off right. Tampa. All right, all right, all right. We're back here on the Sunday Forum WMNF 8.5. Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete, surrounding areas. Glad to have you with us. If you're watching on Facebook Live, the Walt Tells with the second Facebook page or the Sunday Forum Facebook page. Hello to you and thank you for joining us this morning. It's beautiful Sunday morning, cold Sunday morning. Do you know the temperature's not going to be any higher than 40-some degrees? Maybe 48, I think, is the highest. And then tomorrow, going to the 50s, uh, with the highest being somewhere at about 60, I believe. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. We're in Florida, right? Yeah, we in Florida, man. That's what I believe. I believe. <laughs> A shout-out to my sister. She's watching down there in West Palm Beach. Hey, Sal. What's happening? Uh, she's an attorney down there in West Palm Beach doing her thing. Uh, we appreciate the work that she's doing also, philanthropic work that she's doing as well down there throughout the state of Florida. Um and uh, especially with the young ladies and helping them to... Uh, she's been of a lot of young people, a lot of young people, and very active down there in the <laughs> South Florida area. Uh, so shout out to Celicia Smith-Gordon. All right. So uh, another thing that happened is... Okay, so a lot of people know this, some people don't. My mother was one of the first 14 black people to integrate... The University of Florida, not even for South Florida, the University of Florida, <laughs> the Gators. Okay, so um, this week, and she was the very first person to win the the first person, woman, black or white, um, to win the William Randolph Hearst Award.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay,
0: not to mention the fact that she was also the first black person to graduate from University of Florida's College of Journalism. Go Gators! All right, all right. All right. Uh, now there is now she's in the Hall of Fame, but this weekend, this past week, she was actually her image now has been placed at the top of the mural. Oh,
5: right.
6: That's in
0: the Black Student Union.
5: Wow.
6: Yeah, yeah. That is wonderful. Yeah. I'm saying Go Gators for a reason. I am a graduate of the that's University of Florida, Florida. <laughs> College of Journalism it, and Communications. Yes. And uh that's I did not know that yes. I did not know that you see how important that is yeah, yeah. wow wow yeah. that's wonderful yeah man. that is wonderful and exciting yeah
0: very excited about that very excited about that um and, and then another another black history fact uh my father there's a, a scholarship at the University of Florida that's named after my father in education and leadership so there's a scholarship for uh, black students to go to University of Florida at the graduate level in air ed leadership, educational leadership. Wonderful, That's awesome. Dr. Walter Spence Scholarship. Um, now we also have. Just to let you know, we do have Fish Grips and Black History coming up the twenty fourth of February. Twenty fourth of February. Fish, Grits, and Black History. That is a Saturday for those people who've been there before. Frank, have you been there before?
6: Yes, I have. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Did you enjoy the Fish I
5: and Grits? I enjoyed
6: history? the Fish and Grits <laughs> immensely.
0: Well, tell
3: the people about because I haven't been to the Fish and Grits. So tell fish,
0: me about it. Fish, Grits, and Black History is, I would have to it's just only one of its kind, right? As far as I know. I, I've, I've not right. heard of anything else. Every time I look, I've not seen one. So um, Fish, Grits, and Black History I created some time back as a fundraiser for the Dr. Walter Smith Library while my father was still alive. Okay. And uh, Dad enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it, as he got to, you know, see a lot of people. Oh God, so many people would come, and it is it is a fundraiser for the library to support it. One of the things that 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 I that I am very um, proud of is the fact that when Dad created this place. 18 years ago, 18 years ago, um, two sitting mayors, two of them, then Pam Iorio mm. came for that opening then, and then we had um, Mayor Castor come the second time that we did the reopening. Right? Okay. Um, and so I'm proud of that fact because um, both of them have been, have been very supportive of the existence of this library. The city of Tampa has been very supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, That being championed primarily by uh, Louis Vieira. Louis Vieira has been a a staunch supporter um, of the Dr. Walter Smith Library. So much so that we are looking forward to the renovations that will be taking place very soon uh, at the the library grounds due to the city of Tampa and the West Tampa CRA Community Advisory Committee led by Joe Robinson. Um shout out to Joe Robinson, North of the West. So, <laughs> so this
3: fish and grits event is due to what's the to- fish
0: grits, Fish Grits and Black History is, is to be the fifth one. Okay. Okay. Um the fifth consecutive one. Mm. Right. Um so we were we were kind of put behind because of COVID. All right. right? So, what ended up happening is, um, what ends up happening is people come out, they either buy online their fishing grids, they make their purchase online through Eventbrite, or they go, they purchase it when they get there, mm-hmm. right? And they people sit, they eat, they converse, and we have three different panel discussions. Three.
6: Okay.
0: It lasts from nine to three. And what happens is, we talk about all these issues that take place that are taking place internationally, locally, God, God, whatever God. it is, whatever is tip- whatever is critical at that moment in our community. That's what we discuss, mm-hmm. right? And it is something that is is outstanding. I love it. I love it. The last one we did, the last two we did. Um, let's see, Dad was gone by by the the, la- the, the immediate last one we did. Mm-hmm. Well, before that. Dad was here. He enjoyed that thing so much. It's when I realized, for the first time, I found out something about my father I did not know. Right? So, we do this morning call, right? Was, but African drums, in the morning, about 8 o'clock, they do this morning call with African drums, right? So, we're out there doing some little last-minute things, and Dad is sitting up there in the in the library, in the main the main library building. Mm-hmm. And there was a call... An answer period with the drums, right? In European, Mm. in European language. And I heard somebody respond,
1: in European.
0: I look back, it's my dad. (laughs) I did not know my dad spoke European.
1: You'd be surprised.
0: I was like, wait a minute, where did this go? And I forgot about the fact that dad was part of the leadership team that led to the to the um, uh, accreditation of the University of Lagos. Mm. Wow, wonderful! 1970. I, I, I forgot about that him, but he spent so much time there, man. In, you know, in different parts of Africa, and picked up so much stuff, man. Um, you know, you've been there, You've seen some of the stuff mm-hmm, that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've done. You've not been there before, Mm-mm. and. So you'll see it, um Frank,
6: you see it I've been to the museum it, yeah and i've yeah. been to i've been I've been to the library and it's a wonderful library mm-hmm. man, so imagine what it's going to be like after
0: renovations Wow mm. and we still don't have enough space for some of the stuff that's there right um, but anyway, anyway, um this is where I, where you know we all learned our in, in our family mm-hmm. where we learned our appreciation for who we are. We grew up with this.
1: I mean, oh, wait, wait. Yes, yes,
5: yes, 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 yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. The bridge over one. Okay.
5: Yes.
0: All right. (laughs) Yes, the bridge. Yes. All right. All right. So anyway,
3: so now Everybody we know a lot of Walter's history. <laughs> <laughs> we know a lot of Walter's history and how much his family has actually done for the community. And we appreciate that. And we're happy to see that you're keeping it moving like, the same way. Yeah, definitely. You we know?
6: appreciate yes, that. Yes, he is, appreciate without you. a doubt. Without a doubt.
3: Well, our main objective is always to hopefully enrich the information that you're hearing in your life, um, to empower you, to, you know, to spark change, to, to make a difference, to be part, part a participant of the change in your community, you know. So we hoping that we are opening up you guys' minds on some of the information that we're giving here. Um, I want to stretch out something else um, since we still have Frank here. He has two more events that I do believe you guys should know about. So go ahead, Frank, tell me about sure.
0: those. Sure,
6: yeah, and uh, actually three. And I, I did mention okay. Frederick Douglass' event on February the 7th. Don't No, it's not Donald Dowry. No, no. (laughs) This time, it's it's a a gentleman by the name of Nathan M. Richardson, and he captures the physical and spiritual essence of the great writer, orator, and abolitionist Frederick Douglass. And the the thing to know about this (laughs) particular event, this event does not require reservations and is suitable for all ages. It's free. Concessions are available to purchase. However... There will be several door prizes for free popcorn and a drawing for a special gift basket. Awesome. So you've got another free event, February the 7th, which is a Wednesday, 6.30 p.m., so you can bring out the kids, then they can go home and go to sleep,
5: <laughs> right,
6: <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the Tampa Theater. now. Now, on Valentine's Day, there's a special event at the theater, and uh that event starts at seven p m and It's basically an opportunity for couples to come out and participate to renew their vows so if you want to renew your wedding vows on this uh this uh, on on um, Valentine's Day at seven p m at the Tampa theater and yeah, you do get champagne to toast okay wow, that's right you that? get champagne <laughs> following that on the same evening, Valentine's Day. At seven thirty, there'll be a silent movie screening that will be accompanied by the Wurlitzer organ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't so, you do yeah. This
0: last, did you do this last
6: year? Yeah, la- they did something similar last year at the theater. That's right, they did do something very similar. Uh, but last year, what it was, it wasn't wedding vows. They actually had people come out to get married on Valentine's Day at the theater. Got it, got so it. you know, so those newlyweds, uh, you know who got married last year. They're new to the West this year. They'll probably come out. And, wow. and many of you all will probably be out there as well. Uh, so, so that's a wonderful event. And then, not that we, we're just talking about champagne. That's a great segue into what's happening on wine Friday, fest. March 1st mm-hmm. at the Tampa Theater when they're having a wine fest. Yes. And this is their top fundraiser for the year. And the theme is always a movie with a twist. So this year, the theme is Grape Busters. So there you go. You've got Grape Busters, March the 1st, at the Tampa Theater. It's a part of their wine fest, which is a great way to raise funds for the theater. There'll be a lot of independent restaurants there. The event starts from, uh, starts at 7 and goes until 10 p.m., Plus, there's an opportunity to participate in a silent auction. So, and if you want, you can actually dress as one of your favorite movie characters. Could be Ghostbusters, could be another film, but you definitely have those opportunities to get dressed up. So, definitely a lot going on in the community. It so, the wheels last time, right? Uh, I don't recall. I think you might know. Yes, you're right. It was. It was The mm-hmm, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're right. It was The Wizard of Oz. And well, then the, was the, it the, Wiz. the Wizard of Oz or The Wiz? It was The Wizard of Oz. Now, the <laughs> Black Love Classic movie series last year. It was The, it it was played the Wiz. It had The Wiz. Yeah, we started okay. off with The right. Wiz, That's and we right. had kids dress up last year in their costumes and some adults dress up as their as their favorite book character. And we actually, on that particular day last year, we were able to um, raise, oh, not raise, but basically people donated books. So we had 90 books that were donated and those books went into Head Starts. So to help our early readers, Mm -hmm. our, our young readers, we had books there. So again, we're not just trying to bring you to the theater for entertainment. This is an interactive experience. This is an opportunity for you to participate in your community. This is an opportunity to give young people, well, last year was definitely about giving young people the opportunity to get a head start on reading. This year, it's all about educating folks, making sure they better understand um, um, what the, the nuances of black history are all mm-hmm. about, meaningful cultural exchange through gospel music, meaningful cultural exchange and exchange of currency through yes. the black party. So again, there's 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 no downside to any of this.
3: Let me tell you, I I, I love our show. Okay, I do. I love our show because we get to do <laughs> stuff like this. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, the information it that you get hit. on the Sunday boom, boom, on the Sunday boom, boom, Forum, boom, boom. you have to appreciate it. Um, I'm just learning some new things about it as well. So I'm glad to hear about all these things that at the Tampa theater I had no idea was doing so much right. in the community. Yeah, there but, was you a
0: know, time. There was a time when people that look like us couldn't even go on the theater.
3: Yeah. That's right. Look at that. Couldn't yeah.
6: even work in the theater. Mm-hmm. All right, but, but the theater evolved with the times to see the truth that mm-hmm. everybody is welcome and that Tampa is a city f- for all. And that's why this is a resource for all of us to be in.
1: And to and, be talking about black history and, yes. and, and bringing books is a exactly. revolutionary act in backward Florida right now.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I never thought about, that, b- about it that way, but you're right. Yep. You're right. Um, here's something else I want to uh, um, restate. We talked earlier about the City of Tampa's Black History Committee and the fact that they are having a Black History celebration is free and open to the public on February the 16th mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. And that is going to be at the Tampa Convention Center. The theme is Rooted in Wisdom, mm-hmm. Family Unity Rooted in Wisdom, and the keynote speaker that day is going to be Kiva Williams of Mahogany Kids Fine Arts Foundation. And uh, Miss Williams has a record of supporting the community and, and helping um, the little ones as well as uh, as middle school kids as well. The MC for the day will be Dahlia Dangerfield with Bay yeah. Nine. Shout and out to Dahlia, man. Yeah, excellent. Dahlia, I love Dahlia, yes. man. She is a wonderful person, man. Shout out to Dahlia Dangerfield. Again, yeah, this, this event is free and open to the public. Oh, and I've got to say this as it relates to the Black Love Classic movie series, mm-hmm. As well as the city of Tampa's Black History Celebration, they are both sponsored by Tico. Wow! So thank Uh-oh. you, Tico, for the <laughs> movies. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. I know. I know there's some conflict sometimes.
5: <laughs> I
1: know. I you also got to be with Tico. <laughs> but, but thank you. But it's good to okay. do the right thing. As a matter of fact, we did get a writer, an emailer that that suggested that the Tampa theater probably should show the movie. Do the right thing. You know
6: what? That is on the list without a doubt. Do the right thing is on the list in terms of some of the films that we, that we want to show. So, um, we'll start making the plans for 2025 soon. So, do the right thing is definitely one. I, I love Spike Lee. I love his movies. So so that's a great one to have. Um, some of the other movies we want to do. We definitely want to have something with Sidney Poitier in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Great films that he has had, um, Harry be- Belafonte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we allowed to do school days. School yeah. days. I thought that would be great. We should for <laughs> yeah, that. Maybe we'll do an all musical uh, movies next year. Maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe that's we'll cool. do School Days <laughs> next year. Uh, maybe Sparkle next year. Maybe oh, uh, Purple wow. Rain. You know, wow. great films. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. With purple but Rain. Least, we got a call. Um, coming through.
4: Call it.
3: Call you on the air.
4: Hey, how you doing?
3: All right, how you how doing? You doing?
4: There. Fine, I'm doing good. Hey, man, I just wanted to give you a brief update on stuff. Hey, Brother nabili there, tell him thank you for that impromptu interview you did on me all last time. Oh, uh, yeah, you're welcome. I really appreciate that, man. But listen, this is what's been happening. Listen, you remember I've been t- telling you about this fight that I've been having. Our business has been having an attack on black business, and I was one of them. And they came in and raided me. And took all my stuff and stuff. I got a call this week from my attorney, you know, uh, and the, the the DEA because of my persistence returned all of the property that was seized at pronto. Yes, yes, yes.
7: Brother, Check this
4: out. Yes, now, this is what I going to say. You're gonna come in here and accuse me of being illegally manufacturing on compounding equipment. Reinterpret. The procedure of compounding, which has been done for two hundred years, in 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 pharmacy, and then turn around, okay? After you come in here and made up all of this so called fake law and stuff to come in and take my controlled substance registration, and then accuse me of being a a, a a a a a drug dealer in a white coat, and then turn around and give me the same property back.
0: Well, now let me ask you a question, Doc. What does that mean then for your dollars. for your wait, wait, wait. Oh. What, what does that mean then for you in terms of going
4: back into practice? Yeah, I'm going back in. Yes, billions of dollars. Oh yeah. Yes. For billions of dollars is what I'm, I'm not talking about. suing these for millions, billions. These people have done uh, this all over the, the country and undermined black businesses and black uh 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 uh, uh, uh in other words, falsification this is what falsification looks like, and they're getting away with it. And the only way you're going to stop this kind of foolishness is you've got to get out there and sue for billions of dollars for the billions of dollars they have taken in property from uh, from from businesses such as you. Such as I'm telling you, the opioid crisis and opioid uh, pen is was one giant hoax, and they use us to steal billions of dollars of property from. Big businesses like CBS, Walgreens—you know I don't like them. Purdue Pharma and blaming this on OxyContin and stuff when OxyContin would even wasn't even made at the time that they're talking about.
0: Man, listen, about
4: Doc. call, and then they're in bed. Then the DEA is in bed sleeping with the prostitutes. Uh, and read this stuff. I am not making up.
0: Doc, doc listen, 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 listen. We're giving. We're gonna give you an entire show. And you know why? Now, and I, I, I got to say this to everybody. Man, I, I'm almost in tears about this thing, for real. When this thing first hit, it was on the Sunday Forum. You have to tell us what the first thing is. And I'm about to say it. i about okay. to say what it is. When this thing first hit, it was on the Sunday Forum. These people had rated this man's pharmacy. He's a pharmacist and a dentist.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Rated this man's business as they had raided other business, other black uh, pharmacists and people like that in our community. Shut him down, and he's sitting here. God, don't forget, he said he called me, and he sat out there in that parking lot. But like, Billy, you've seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In this parking lot. In this parking lot. Mm-hmm. Every single Sunday for a long time. And would call in, and it's called me, and I I, I agree to let him talk about you are within the norms every single Sunday for a reason.
1: That's the published website, yeah.
3: You are in the norms. Uh-huh.
0: Because there's no way that we are going to be able to, to assist people like him when uh, with situations like this uh, well, I don't if, know. If, if we don't put it out there on our media.
1: I don't Army. know if, if the if the whole opioid crisis is a hoax, but it is a lesson that he's teaching to say yes. access the courts because yes. that's the only so way you got to get rejuvenated. What has happened? Well,
0: what, what happened now as a result of
4: his persistence?
3: No, what was the raid for? I'm, I'm asking. Why no, did they raid no. him? But
5: a black
4: man is to put us out of business. That's all it was about. We did nothing wrong. And let me tell you something. If you're going to put, me on, put our attorney, Dale Sisko on then turn around and put uh, guys like Neil Arnon on. And, and those side, these guys are, uh, are, are are a guy like Dito Penza, who's an attorney that we have here. Billions of dollars. This is not going to be, man, we're going to get these guys for billions of dollars. This is a crime. Because when we started talking about putting uh, that, that Ann Milgram of the Drug Enforcement Agency needed to step down and resign, that this agency is a criminal enterprise of the United States government, they went silent. And and, and it's not government we were making up. You can't enforce a drug law, illicit drug laws, by then going after the doctors because you're going after the doctors because you don't want to go after the cartels because when you're in bed with the cartels' prostitutes, then uh, how are you enforcing the drug laws? Again, those are not my words. Those are the words of the DEA itself. This is a criminal enterprise of the United States government, as I said before. The
0: doc, let you me know. tell you, and, we're gonna we're gonna get. Wait, we gotta got stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. Listen, we we're gonna give you a full show because you have gone through absolute hell, doc, and and I I I, I, I think that you deserve that, and we need to talk about it. Right here on the Sunday Forum, since you know, I, I I just felt that this show was one of the ones, actually, probably the only show, really, that really gave a platform platform for for this whole thing, right? And and we talked about this, so Doc, you, I I guarantee you that, I guarantee you that, okay? All right,
3: we got another call, Colin. Go ahead,
1: go ahead, Colin. You're on the Sunday Forum.
7: Good to be on, man kudos to the family hey man what's going on brother hey you got it as usual as always i needed to talk to you about your library though it's a couple of, every time i call i have stuff but i i'm not able to connect with you and the society and a whole because they keep a thumb on my back on top of my head fighting other issues and stuff like that i was telling my son a quick little story to show y'all what doc is saying doc is 100 percent correct but it's not just the drug cartel. It's all these entities that they put over us, which we're supposed to have a social contract. They start deviating from the plan mm. and start incorporating stuff to fill their coffers' pockets. Meanwhile, we, 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 you know, are the scapegoats for that. And I explain that to you, like I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, I just had some person uh, total my car. They've been trying to do it for a long time. So I told my son before I went, I said, you have to watch out. So these people been trying to hit me on the west about all this. So anyway, they did it, and they, cra- they had some person pull in front of my son, and he crashed. Then they called the cops. The cops did not come. So now you're at the point where there is no report or no incident, so it's just two people trying to, uh, you know, get their stuff done. So they already told me the person, they're not going to fix my stuff and all that there and all this, and they didn't have that kind of insurance. And the person from Orlando, they're not from this area. So they be calling in people to hit you and do stuff to make you go into economic poverty and to stress you out and to make you do other things. Like, for instance, maybe they mentioned go to court. That's one of the things they want you to do. I talked to the attorney that's representing my kids, and they say, well, you know, if you want something for your property, I'll I have to charge you. So you going to make money off of me. And then when you go to court, they're going to tell you it's a no fault. A uh, 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 state, so it's 50-50, so both of y'all eat your losses, so I just paid money for nothing. Now you understand how they run this mechanism on us? It is done like that through every entity they got. The electrical company, everything. They All they do is exploit you, or uh, uh, overcharge you, and take your money, so you can never really get a, a, a foothold into this society. Mm-hmm. And they also stop you from helping the kids and promoting them and doing stuff. That's one of their tactics as well. And they don't want you to talk about this or not. I, I wholeheartedly love you guys because you do let people explain stuff that's going on, and it need to be explained because they're trying to hide. Like my dad used to say, they'll throw a rock and hide their hands. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I, I, I do know some of this. Is, let me tell you like this because I, I know, and I don't want it on y'all. I want it on me. It's the state. The state's been after me. I got records on the state. I got all kind of stuff. They used to overcharge me, ticket me every time I drive out of the state. I get a ticket, man, for no reason. I had a guy point at me one time, a state trooper on my mom, and I saw him. I was three lanes over, and he pointed at me when I passed by, and I said, what? Oh, he's going to try me. So I went three lanes over and kept going, and when he stopped me, he said, didn't you see me? I said, No, nah, I ain't see you. And then, when he gave me the ticket and all, he goes, do you think I targeted you? And I said, yes, I, yeah, I do. And then he said, you have a good day. Fantastic. <laughs> like, I ain't supposed to figure out what well, he you He
0: let you know. He let you know. He knew, he knew that you knew. He was yeah. targeting
7: Hey, man. It, it, y- y- y'all just Keep your head up and it's gonna always be a struggle. Doc, you ain't the only one in that. You just realize that you're doing it for the better good. That's what I do it for, not just for me. It's people coming after me.
0: That's right, that's right. Hey man, thank you, Ron. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate
7: Grand you. Man, Sunrise, the
0: same for you. All right, all right. <laughs> so, so let's get let's, let's try to get down to it. Uh, so so you know, growing up, um we found out, you know, we, we were told all these things, you know, and and, and there were so many omissions. About about Black History, right? In this in this British school system, they're not taught certain things, and you know, on our school system, we you know we we're there things just not taught for us either, right? Um, and one of the biggest mistakes I always found in Black History, uh, uh, and was a constant discussion when I was working on my masters in Africana studies, was the issue of the body of work, right, and understanding truthfully the importance of the understanding the the part of that that was anthropological, number one, right? Understanding the building of our societies uh, post-slavery, right? Uh, Because at that particular point, there's no, you you know, really not, when you were a slave, you're not allowed to really move or think for yourself, right? Uh, there were people who pushed, who pushed that and, and, and defied that, of course. Um, but once, but on a massive scale, on a massive scale, when you have, you know, the question I mentioned before, the question becomes, you know, what do you do with six million people who, at that particular time, are being released on society that that have never read a book, don't, can't read. Um, Never had a job per se right um and are now learning to live really on their own their own communities because they weren't allowed to live with white folk right so as as people start moving to the north and determining you know and finding out as we our our ancestors began to move to the north and to the west and establishing these communities. Um questions began to arise as you know as to how did we you know how did we get here right we we know we know we came on ships um, we assume that people understood that, but if you were to assume that, you'd probably be wrong, strangely enough, there were a segment of people right here in the United States, literally they had no idea that we came. Primarily on ships and chains originally. Flip the script. In Africa, literally, there's this whole segment of Africa. Now I remember I remember going to going to um when I went back for college. <clears throat> um going to go play a rugby game, right? This guy says to me, he says, Hey, um, this is South Africa. Why did you never why did you guys never come back? Did you hear the question I just asked? <laughs> Why'd you guys never come back? Like we were gonna take a canoe, <laughs> haul that mug <mother laughs> out, and just and just get the canoeing back across the water. He
3: just came and asked you that question. No, no, he, he
0: asked me that question. <laughs> it's the black dude. Um, and and, and uh, he was he was Zulu. He was Zulu. He asked the question and he and he was serious. He was dead serious.
1: Well, there was one incident, a couple incidents. We did go to Liberia, didn't we? No, Liberia. And we were met with gunfire, with warfare, <laughs> because right. all they did was drop us off and say, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so we did try. Well, that's was the, the first time that we
0: really, under, we really began to understand truthfully that we were not the same people as the, as the ancestors that left there. And came back across the water, came across the water. Here we are now, descendants of those people going back, you know. um, There were illnesses. uh, There was warfare. There was obviously the language barrier. um, And then, of course, you got to think, Monrovia was established by colonization, by way of colonization. So... There's this there's this piece of
1: land that's carved out, and there you go, right? Um, well, the British did it too in Sierra Leone. Yeah, they did, and they they made sure they took about five percent white women so that they would have some power, uh, hereditary power <laughs> after right. that. Right. So, right. It, it's it's
0: um it's funny to to uh, when I say I mean literally hilarious I mean I'm literally what I mean it's strange uh to look at that history or that part of our history and to hear people say to me and that's what incenses me uh when i, I don't like when when we say um well Africans don't like us, stop saying that. Stop saying that. If you're looking at me now, you see the irritation in my face and my actions. Stop saying that. That's perhaps one of the most ignorant things you could possibly say. Of course, they don't like you.
5: <laughs> <That's
0: so stupid. laughs> so but, but, see, that was funny. See that? Uh, no, they, they do You're not. Because you get on their nerves. You know, no. It, it's like, it's like, they love you. They love us. We love them. We're trying to make this connection. Uh, are there segments? Of, are there are segments of the of the of the country of people there that don't like us. Just, okay, cool, I get it. Uh, but when you hear the reasoning behind it, much of it has to do with what they're taught in the colonial school systems. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It, it 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 is incredible to me that. That type of ignorant thinking was pervasive and continued into what you would think is almost perpetuity. Had it not been for social media, had it not been for visitation and, and our, our our ability to, to travel and go and do things, thank God for that, mm-hmm. right? Because when you go to South Africa or when you go to Zambia, when you go to Zimbabwe, you go anywhere on the continent. Most of what what you see is com- is the commercial um, depictions uh, pe- people trying to live, um, just like the commercial depictions of who we are, right? So there's an effort on their part to really understand who we are, but they and they want to be like us from that standpoint. Right. We, on the other hand, are trying to understand them and make a connection because we want to fundamentally be like them. We, we want to understand what it was that we missed. What did we miss in that entire centuries? See, you really, do, you realize, do you realize the damage that was done? That, that, record, that, actually, that actually defies comprehension almost. The type of damage that was done to us as a people. No one else went through that. There's, not a, don't, there's no one out there that can actually name a group of people that went through that. The groups, for instance, that, that live uh, off the coast of India. They said, leave those people alone. They're black. So there's a bunch of, bunch of black folks on the island in you. They're black. And they, t- and they said, leave those people alone. Right? Let them live the way they know to live. But you go over there, you'll catch a spear in the butt. Literally. Because they're trying to main... They, they, they don't know anything about the outside world. Outside world knows about them. But they don't know anything about the outside world. And if left untouched, what happens? Right? Kind of like that Star Trek thought. Uh, school of thought. We can't touch you, your civilization, or, or mess with you because you have to, you have to evolve on your own. Not with the, because influencing that would be colonization. And we're not here to colonize, we're here to observe. Right? But they came to colonize, they came to take, they came to not give. And I don't even think that they realized the true damage. I don't think, truthfully, everybody understands it. I don't think white people understand. I say it in a blanket statement. Truthfully, the damage that was done when they stepped on the shores of
1: Africa. Thoughts? Well, the divide and conquer for certain because I don't know the name. I don't want to repeat the name of some YouTuber that's been... uh, He's a black guy that's been talking about basically this disconnect between Africa and African Americans and um, he he keeps pausing the question something well kind you of say how can so many millions be put on a ship and held in chains like that and then held in slavery for centuries you know why didn't you fight back you know things like that but what you don't realize is that the the process was evil in that Europeans divided Africans they used other Africans to go into the hinterlands mm-hmm. to kidnap Us Mm -hmm. and bring us here, and then expect us to hate each other for centuries, you know, and never find this connect. And that's our job now is to re-Africanize, reconnect, and and to be the example to stop this this ignorance. And I think maybe white supremacists fear that is gonna happen or is happening, which is why they want to keep the truth from us and keep people destabilized, you know, mentally. And historically, and so it's important that we continue to talk about this and put it in perspective because those ignoramuses out there are asking these kinds of questions precisely to keep people uninformed. You know, That's
3: 100% correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it truly is because, and, and if you think about it, Walter, when you say, you know, how can it be that way? It just boils back to the same thing. That's all they've known. It it's always, has always been a goal to keep us separated. Right. There's always been a goal to that because as long as you keep it separated, keep chaos going, you, that part's going to always be in control mm-hmm. because they set it up that way. You know, but not only that, it's, it's a cultural thing as well. Again, if, you, if you're a baby, you're taught up a certain way. And these individuals was raised up that way, and it's until as Mobility said, when you get to a certain age, and I say this to my own siblings and stuff like when I speak to people and I mentor them, when you get to a certain age and you know right from wrong, it's up to you to go that right way. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how your your parents raised you because now you can think for yourself. You can consciously see right from wrong. Now, what the choice is, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's how I look at it. We're at this point now. We keep saying we want to get together. We keep saying we want to do this. But as soon as one thing happens that comes in the middle of that, this they, they can offer more money. They can say, I'm going to give you this. As that person we don't talk about told them the first time... <laughs> What do you got to lose? <laughs> You've got nothing already. What do you got to lose? And as long as we allow them to have us think that way or we choose to think that way, then we're choosing to put ourselves back in that same situation over and over again. And that's the part that's really sad. When other cultures look at us, they see us as the only part, the only culture that's always talking about how great we do. They mimic us. They mimic the things that we do. But we turn around and hurt ourselves. And that's what they look at as well. You mm. understand what I'm saying? Mm. That's what they, when you look at the Jews, they stick together. Now, if you go to New York, Chinatown, all that, they all stick together. You know, we, we put ourselves in a mindset that we we, we woke, we conscious, whatever, case, whatever word you want to choose. You understand know what I'm saying? But then you backtrack when something's offered to you that you think is going to get you someplace better than it should be. Mm. You forget all about what you got unified mm. for. Mm. And it's sad. You know,
6: but that's our reality. You know, you, you know um, there's, there's a couple of things that come to mind. The first thing that I think about actually is uh, the, the, the starfish um, philosophy, right? Which is there's a kid who's walking along the seashore. And one by one, he's throwing these starfish back into the ocean. And there's all of these starfish in front of him. And he's one by one just throwing them back in. Then a guy comes along and says to the boy, "What are you doing? Don't you see all of these hundreds of starfish out here? Why are you just throwing this one one back? What are you doing?" And he picks up another one and he said, he throws it and he says it made a difference for that one.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: So, and I, I think that as individuals, uh, we have to really look at the fact, especially born in the United States, that we are de facto cosmopolitans because we're United States citizens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to remember that that cosmopolitanship that we've been granted as a as a birthright as an American citizen, right? Mm-hmm. That we can use that in an effective way to make a difference in the lives of the individuals around mm-hmm. us. So by making those connections like you talked about, you had the opportunity to go to Africa and to even have that conversation is privilege. So If we can create, each one of us, the opportunities to do so, whether it be online, Mm. uh, whether it be uh, by actually flying to the continent, meeting with people, talking with folks. You know, um, the the concept of Pan-Africanism, as you all know, has been around for quite some time. Mm. We we think about people like W.E.B. Du Bois. You think about people like Franz Fanon. When you start thinking about those concepts, and they had some things right. You know, they did some things that uh, we may not like, but they also had some concepts that were actually good concepts. And so what I would say, let's perpetuate the good and alleviate the bad. Let's take those good concepts and see how we can move forward with those good concepts using modern technology to facilitate those types Mm -hmm. of conversations. And the other thing on top of that is the fact that we've got so many young people. Who are watching one another on YouTube, yes. who are connecting to one another on YouTube, who are explaining their situation live. And I think also that creates that level of sympathy that we need for one another. You know, that's so very important these days around the world. Mabili, you talked a lot about. Um, um, uh, the fall of democracy uh, in, in today's conversation. Well, that's how you keep democracy going, not just in one particular country, but around the world by making sure that people can make those connections. So I, I would encourage all of you in the listening audience, reach out, reach back, look around, see where you can make those connections, Absolutely. because that's how we do it. That's how we make things happen for the good of us all. So so yeah and, and and you know as we look at at these histories and these subjects there's always going to be someone who has that negative idea but you know, as as MLK said, we just had the MLK parade. We just we just celebrate the, his birthday. We can't fight darkness with darkness. Oh. We have to fight darkness with light, and, and light will always overpower
3: yeah. it. I'm sitting <laughs> up here smiling, Frank, as you saying all this because I love hearing stuff like that. Um, and I do agree with you with social media, but I personally say it's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's utilized as a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's sad because it's targeted to people that don't deserve it. You know, when we started hearing about being that that Karen, you know, <laughs> the stuff like that. You know, you're just calling police on people just because you can. You know, it's silly stuff like that. But it can be used in a positive way, as you state, to just get the word out and keep passing along, keep passing along with blessings and just go move forward and move forward. So I agree with you 100 percent on that. One thing I, one, one thing I do want to say, guys, as you're listening to us before we close out. Again, we have Frank Crum up here today giving us a lot of information about the Tampa Theater, about the events that's going to be happening. Um, You can go to the website, tampatheater.org, to get more information. He gave his number previously as well. Mabili may also have it up on our website, so you guys can check it out. But I want to thank you for continuing to um, emailing us and letting us know the thoughts that's going on, what you think of the show. If you have any show up um, suggestions or you have something that's going on in your community, email DJ at WMNF.org. Um, and continue to listen to us at 88.5 FM. Um, my main name is Annie Miles. I'm going to give you back to Walter before we head out. And I want to thank you again, Frank. Before you go, before you go, Walter, just one more time, Frank, tell us the four dates that we have coming up.
6: So, Black Love Classic Movie Series. Actually, there are five dates. Five. So, January 28th is the first movie. It starts at 3 p.m., and that's going to be Soul Food. But there's a block party right before that, so get there early. January uh January 28th is the first one. February the 4th is next, and that's going to be Sister Act. Before that, we're going to have the Gospel Music Showcase on February 4th. On February 11th, we have the film Peoples. It's a comedy, a romantic comedy. You're going to enjoy it. On February the 18th, we have a free screening of a documentary about one of our hometown heroes, Mr. Butch. Anthony the Third. It's called a miracle. It's called This Is It. The miracle of barbecue. Be there on February the twenty-fifth. We have the screening of Daughters of the Dust to be followed by a film talk featuring University of Tampa Professor Taylor Ray Curry. Black Love Classic Series. And you want to keep in contact. Pull out your phone. Go to Instagram to Tampa Kind. You can also go to the tampatheater.org. You can also go to tampa.gov. These are different ways to connect and to follow and to inform and to share. And thank you, Fourth Estate, for letting me be here today. Thank you, Walter. I greatly appreciate this opportunity. This has been fun and informative. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad Mm -hmm. to have you there, brother. Fifth Estate.
5: (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Got to get it right. You'll know, add another one, another estate on there. but yo, know, listen, we um, want to thank you very much, Frank, for coming out. Before we leave, there are a couple of books I want I want people to take a look at. One is called Black Metropolis, um, by Sinclair Drake and Horace Caton. Very, very good book. That basically is an anthropological, um, takes an anthropological look at black life in North. Right, um, we studied this intensely in Africana studies. This is a very, very important book. You don't, you don't even go through Africana studies really without having read this book. Um not not in, the, not in the grad level. Um then the other book that we had to look at was the Philadelphia Negro. The Philadelphia Negro is a particularly important book by W.E.B. Du Bois. Now the reason it's so important. Both of those books is because it tells you and gives you an idea about the creation of the of the of the black society in America, black social classes. To look at the mentality of us, um, you find out about um, the you know things like the importance of the Masonic lodges, the importance of um, HBCUs. Of our Greek letter fraternities and sororities, Um, the importance of our gatherings, right? Um, Back then, you're looking at the Harlem Renaissance, right? That was developing during this time period, and when when you look at it as it as it evolves, there's new literature that begins to evolve, probably the height of black literature is, is at the is a particular point um and you you start to understand then how we think what was what was what was on the minds of those people who were only literally one generation removed from slavery one generation removed from slavery and then you look at the the development of organizations like the Garvey, like you and I, Marcus Garvey, and the creation of the Nation of Islam, the creation of all these other things, you'll see these things and be able to compare it to cross-reference it and see how how they viewed the continent of Africa, right? You find out about Nkrumah. You find out about these people because they were educated where? Formally educated here at HBCUs, right, or at any of the universities here, but especially at HBCUs, and then went back to give that that brain power back to the continent. One of the things that's been lacking for a number of years has been the issue of the brain drain. The brain drain. Brain drain. The brain drain. That's what it's called. So if you listen to people like Dr. Ericana Quo, who was the former ambassador of the AU to the United States, you will hear her talk about that quite often. Uh, my man PLO Lumumba, talks about that quite often. Uh, you hear these law. You hear even Nelson Mandela speak of the need for our people to come back to their their people to go back to the countries and invite even us to come over. And making an investment make investments there in order to transform how business is being done, who's going to have their who's going have the, the the best interest of the African at heart but that of Africans you get what I mean but we have to look at the mentality we have to train we have to groom we have to prepare ourselves and our children and our grandchildren for the with the mentality and with the ability to do the work that needs to be done so hey listen. Um, it's now 9.59. We're about to shut off. Hey, listen, I want to I thank everybody for joining us on the Sunday Forum here this Sunday. We want to thank our guest, Frank Crum from the city of Tampa. You, always welcomed here, brother. Thank um, you. And as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's not a thing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum.
1: Host Martin Hootenanny is coming your way next following headlines from National Public Radio News. Keep it tuned to WMNF Tampa.